welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Hello and welcome to episode 443 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and shortly with Sean Orford, of course, and this week... A special guest, Alison Blackler, author, is back on the show for the third time, I think, to talk about her new book. Uh, before I hand over to the three of us, uh, do check out liveinthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links as ever. And in fact, Alison has written the blog post this week, so check that out. Uh, follow us online and do sign up for email alerts too. Enjoy the episode. Alison, good to see you. Hi, good to see you both. You're back on the show. Oh, we are, yeah. You should have like a regular slot, really, what do you reckon? That'd be good. I don't want to make any <laughs> and promises I can't keep, but yeah, this is your third time on the show, I think. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Go on, what are you going to say, Sean? I was going to say, when did we last all meet face-to-face? How well, long ago was that? The three of us, yeah. It was in Pacific Road we met, so that was... Down my office, yeah. Long old time ago. Wow. I mean, you and I, Sean, we haven't recorded since the pandemic kicked off Yeah. face-to-face. Nice to see you. Yeah, it's really weird. You've aged quite well. I was going to say, you don't seem to have aged at all. (laughs) Yeah, back in person, but I'm not sure for how long, man. Look at the news, it's a little bit fun and games at the moment. We won't talk about that, it's it's too depressing. My mate Omicron. Omicron. (laughs) We're talking about, not Omicron, we're talking about relationships today, because Alison's got a new book. I have. Uh, We talk about relationships all the time, but it's going to be fantastic to get another, uh, another bit of experience, another angle on all this stuff. Um, so we'll come on to that in a sec. But yeah, how you been, Sean? What's uh, how's I'm life? Good. I am good. Good. Came back from being in Norfolk, which was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and uh, my my biggest thing in Norfolk was the the thousand seals on the beach all popping pups, yeah. which was amazing. Grey seals. They go. Do they do that every year? Then is that quite? Apparently, a, uh... yeah. I never realised, but there's this whole stretch, and they they, they reckon there was a thousand, but it went on for mile after mile. Wow. All popping out because I didn't realize how big they are, like huge slugs popping out these little white pups. Oh, no. yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it was obvious. Do you have a away. pet seal? Do you think that'd be a bit much? I'm not yeah. sure how much. I yeah. Like yeah. A pet seal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be able to get in the bath. Just... No, they're just dogs, really, but without legs and just like flippers <laughs> instead, aren't they? But no, when you watch them in the water <laughs> and they were amazing the way they were moving, but as soon as oh, they yeah. come on land, like gum, 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 gum. Yeah, they're really fast in the water. Yeah, I've amazing. done a bit of diving with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, very curious, very nosy. Yeah. And um, yeah, very fast. Yeah. Very fast, yeah. Amazing, amazing things, yeah. What have you been up to, Alison? What's, uh, how's life treating you in general? Because, yeah, it's work okay and you've got lots going on aside yeah. from the book. Yeah, I've got a lot of work going on, um, quite pleasingly, lots of businesses. Um, who are actually sort of saying, mm, I think our people are important, which, you yeah. know, I, I've been at this party, as I know you have, Sean, for a long mm. time, and it's it's actually quite refreshing to see as a, as a, as a positive out of this last 18 months that uh, some businesses are saying, yeah, actually, we do need to support our staff. So I've got a lot of uh, businesses where I'm supporting the leaders or some of the managers within the organisation. So that's that's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, still still zooming. Still, eighty percent of my work is still zooming. But uh, I've also done some one to one, face to face, and I've also um, a couple of weeks ago I was down down near Milton Keynes, and I did a two day leadership program. 
cool. face to face. So I had 30, 30 accountants in the room. No way. So that was great. But it was, you know, a bit like this. It's like, yay, we can, you know, it is. There's something very special, really. It's become special being in the same room as people. It has, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we might talk about that and of course the conversation because our relationships with our the people we work with mm. we see every day are important, are they? So uh, some people yeah, we can part of that. the research I was reading over the last bit was about how how much smell affects our communication. We don't realise <coughs> it, and it's a big lump that's missing when you're doing online. We need mm. smell o vision. Oh well. But the idea that you can smell fear, attraction, hope. They all have smells, and like dogs, understand that perfectly. Yep. But um, but we don't realise as human beings we do that as well. Yeah, I think that's really important. And yeah. interestingly, you know, I've been working with lots of people who their communication has become much more emails and less just hey shouting across the you know across a room, and them realising the risk of interpretation is so much higher because we haven't got the tone the pitch yeah. the volume the speed uh, the way that somebody says something mm -hmm. and that in itself you know i'm encouraging mm -hmm. people to still pick up the phone and ask those questions because mm -hmm. they're hiding behind an email mm -hmm. they're reading the words with the interpretation that they think mm -hmm. the other person has given them mm -hmm. yeah they haven't got the smell yeah. <laughs> which, which you've said as well uh, they haven't got that sort of really feely bit th that sense of how somebody is and they're making up mm. what they think they're reading yeah. uh, and it is putting yeah. people into you know, fear into yeah. into drama and they're losing hours wow. yeah. yeah no I've, I've had that as well mm. yeah I, I think that using uh, the video a bit like zoom and stuff like that does help a bit but you still you've still got the issues of tone and when you said that did you mean this and well, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Much higher oh. possibility of misinterpreting what you think. I mean, I always think the example I always use is the word whatever. Mm. If you think of the different tones mm. that you can put on a word like whatever, you know, yeah. whatever, mm. whatever, you know, you can literally mm. misinterpret that one word on a, on a written mm. format and it can change the whole conversation. Yeah, big time. <laughs> and but, yeah, but you can make good morning sound like a declaration of war. So I think moving forward we've got to you know really be mindful of this well how we're going to manage ourselves because yeah for some people they're not coming back to work mm -hmm. they are working from home some businesses mm -hmm. are not going to continue paying for their buildings yep mm -hmm. um, some of them are doing like a mixture and some mm -hmm. are saying we, we want everyone in mm -hmm. so I think in that we, we've got a, a raft of things that people have got to find mm. a way to make it okay for themselves they do and they all, it all has massive knock-on effects to the relationships in our lives doesn't it you know either both in work and outside of all this stuff i mean i'm spending a lot more time at home now because i'm working at home generally pretty much all the time yeah um i'm on my own most of the time because my wife's out but i'm picking up the kids more but if i was at home with my partner all the time all of a sudden that can that can be quite a shock to the system so we'll come on to that in a sec but before we do uh the second book in your A Path Travelled series. Hello, good at um, I know, yeah. Well, we'll link to the the previous episodes that we've done with you so people can, if they want to, uh, pick up on, on, on where you've been and where the first book was. But yeah, tell us a little bit, the, the quick version then of, of, of the story of the first book and then leading on to this, the, second, the second one now. So the first book came out of, I sat here with Sean, probably about 10 years ago, and showed him a big word document of lots of thoughts around how 
we behave and why we think like we do. And a lot of it was, you know, my own journey. And I was very driven to be able to share that with people, almost to fast track them, because it took me till I was whatever age to, to realise that I could have things differently and I could think differently and I could believe in myself. You know, it was certainly something I didn't do previously. So it was it was a real push for me to share that with others so they can have some information. There are thousands of books out there um, that are self-help, but I suppose I um, put my penneth in mm-hmm. to, to the market. Um, so, th- so the first book, A Path Travelled, is called How to Make Sense of Yourself. No, it's not. It's Your Life. <laughs> you remember? Yeah. Gosh, that's, that's a slip there. But it is around how to make sense of yourself. So yeah. it, it's a relationship with self, isn't it, Sean? You, mm. You've got a copy. But the second book um, almost came out of, you know, in a way, uh, because Boris had locked us in again. So it, it was a, a because of the situation. But I had put aside quite a lot of content from the first book, which was getting very specific about relationships. And I think I always thought... It's just going to be in a Word document, maybe one day, you know, never really thought. Yeah. And then I did think, well, I'll go and see what was there one January day when there was not much else going on. And there was about 100 pages there and actually thought, using the format, using everything that I've learned from the first book, I actually thought, you know what, I could probably do this. So I set off very differently because I had a plan. I actually planned out the chapters this time because the previous book was just content and content and content with no structure our chapters and suddenly you know I would just do a bit because obviously I was working on zoom in the day but in the evenings there was nowhere to go there was weekends nowhere mm-hmm. to go yeah so I did I just made a mission that I would crack on with it and suddenly seven months later here's this second book um all about how to make sense of relationships well wow, you doing all that and I was busy watching all the James Bond movies in order <laughs> and uh, yeah all the Marvel movies <laughs> back to back man I wish I'd written a book <laughs> so take us on a journey then um, through the book then in terms of where it starts and where, where you hope to it will lead people yeah I think for me that the the first book is is a, as I said a lot more around self but they do complement each other although they can be read separately and what I wanted the second book uh, <clears throat> the relationship book would is a sort of a bit of a one-stop shop so it doesn't deep it doesn't deep dive into anything around relationships it's a bit of everything so it starts off with um, obviously there's a little intro section but it starts off with new relationships um, because while they are amazing and wouldn't we all love to have that f- amazing feeling when you first meet somebody again but mm-hmm. th- there are pitfalls with that and, and I think for me when I listen and work with people around relationships so many people get into such a pickle at that early stage um, so I think it's really important that we that we kind of air that and say it all out loud so I do talk about the you know the hormones that are flying around and how we're all on our best behavior and we will we'll be not being our true selves and actually if you promise things at that early stage your chances are you'll end up in a relationship with somebody that isn't right for you do, do you think that with covid and everything that's gone on with lockdowns and can't meet people that people's ways of meeting and creating that relationship have changed a lot massively i think so i mean i think for anybody single and looking for somebody during this last year or so you know they have relied massively on um dating sites i suppose yeah uh written 
a lot of it. So so the challenge already yeah. is, you know, what people write, how they write it. Can mm-hmm. you really get to know somebody? I mean, I you know, I'm not saying I don't think they're not bad places, are they? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know lots of people who've met their life partner on these things. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of possible uh, pitfalls there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it has changed how mm-hmm. people meet. Yeah. How people meet. And I think it will become more and more acceptable, mm-hmm. if that's the right word, or more normal that that's where you meet. Whereas... You know, for me, it was you met at, at a place, you know, met at a venue, a, a bar, a pub, a wedding, in my case. Yeah, well, we all have our own little stories, don't we, about how we met our partners, either existing or previous mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And yeah. all, there's a million and one different ways you can meet someone. Um, but yeah, kind of getting to that stage, getting through the honeymoon. That's the key, the... Getting, enjoying the honeymoon is what Yeah, I, you don't want to get through it because it it's a cool bit You've of really good You've got to love it, fun. but be, be, be careful. So then, then I've got a section on... Um, kind of how you uh, would actually leave a relationship because there's, there's that's difficult and complex in itself. You know, when is the right time to know when to quit? When's the right time to know when to put more effort in? Um, and, and just be taking again on a bit of a journey around the, the highs and lows of jumping back in too quickly, giving yourself space and all the challenges with how that's interpreted. I, th- I think one of the other things is, is the nature of an ending, you know, like the, the famous Dear John letter, you know, or does that become a Dear John text now? You know, um, but that idea about people can cut and run without doing any of the explanation or that bit as well. Yeah. So I think endings can be hugely difficult at the moment. I think so. And I think le- being able to give yourself the space to, to, to end it, but end it well. I, you hear people mm. say, oh, that's over for me. And then they talk about all the drama. Available. So it's not over, is it? You're still carrying it around. You might mm. not be physically with that person, but that's so damaging and it, mm. and it really affects people. So again, we talk about the challenges of leaving, but actually leaving and leaving intact, leaving feeling okay about yourself. Mm. And, mm. and then also looking at what you've learned. Mm. Because for me, a relationship that hasn't worked will have lots of really valid lessons and I, and I know yeah. that was something that's really important to me in my journey was that some things might not have worked out but boy did I learn a lot about myself mm-hmm. uh, and for me if we can spend some time and, and the, the exercises in the book help you do that to look at what you've gained as a result of this yeah well you just um, sorry you just said there about what you've learned about yourself because I think when you well I haven't got that much experience thankfully of ending a relationship and hopefully I won't but is it about learning um, about yourself and not pinning too much blame on the other the other person? Yeah, definitely, because we, we spend too much time blaming the other person. It didn't work because they were like that. Well, there might be something that that you were doing that wasn't right for you. You know, you might have been running around too much for them. You might have been making yourself too available for them. And, you know, then they've hurt you because you've done all this stuff for them and then they've just dumped you mm. but actually was that right for you where were your friends what were you doing you know what where why weren't you able to f- say no put some boundaries around so for me it's about being able to look at what you've gained as a result I, I think one of the other things in terms of people getting to that decision point the amount of times I see people who will moan and moan and moan and moan and moan about either a job or a relationship whatever and at any point, they could have said, okay, I'm not going to do it, but they keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. It's almost like a form of self-abuse. Yeah. 
And that's when they end up blaming the other person more and more and more and more, rather because than taking drained. responsibility. Yeah. yeah, and because they're drained of the story, but they don't yeah. realise that they're draining themselves of the story. Mm. So I've also got in there around challenging relationships, around the drama that we create, um, you know, the, the relationship challenge, the relationship struggle, really, mm -hmm. where we can be <laughs> blaming the other one or blaming ourselves and the, un the unhealthy situations that go on there. Mm. Because again, I think if it's all aired, if you've read it all and you can make sense of how it fits for you, then you've got to make, be able to make a change. Mm -hmm. And then the back end of the book is obviously how to create a healthy relationship. But all the way through, there is your relationship with yourself. Because if you want to be in a healthy relationship with someone, two people need to come together and be uh, have a healthy relationship with themselves. Mm -hmm. Too many people look for a relationship to <laughs> fix them to complete them and I think again right. that's yeah. a huge trap uh, that, that I see a lot of and and generally then you're unhappy. I, I think that can happen with kids as well that people end up having a child because the relationship isn't working yeah. therefore let's add something else into it. Let's do, you know. Yeah you talk a lot as you put the child. Yeah you talk a lot about that elastic between people as well don't you like yeah. it can be different strengths and lengths and stuff yeah. and sometimes it snaps people back together each each night or every day or, or yeah and sometimes it doesn't yeah and it, i think the other thing is when people become complacent there's no tension in the elastic so there's no pull and then people are like mm. yeah mm. and that's the risk i think when that starts to happen you, there's a risk then that something else will come in and ruin it or mm. change it mm. so sometimes that's the right thing but you know so sometimes if you I don't know, a catalyst can come in a form of another person or someone mm. else. And it, it does sometimes make couples go, oh, okay, we need to freshen this up a bit. You know, relationships are, mm. are hard. Mm. They are complex. We have to work at them. Mm. Um, and I think for me, just being able to sort of put it all all in one place and be able to say, okay, let's look at the highs and lows. It doesn't matter where you are in a relationship. Just have a look. Well, what I've heard people reading it so far is that, you know, it's people who have are, are in, you know, decent relationships, they're not, not nothing majorly broken, but it has made them look at a few things differently, which is always my mm. intention. Yeah. You know, again, I'm not saying, here, you have to do all this, but I think if it just makes people appreciate something, appreciate differences, I think is one of the biggest things that often you can be in drama with your partner with is that you are different. Mm -hmm. And actually, you're constantly in drama because of this difference. And actually, just accepting that you you see it differently is so mm. it seems so simple and yet so important. I always think, as I'm working with a team in a in a business, is if two people in the team always keep agreeing, then one of them's redundant because there's no dynamic. And I think it can be like that in a relationship. If you, you know, you need to have a bit of dynamic in there. You need someone questioning things a little yeah. bit every now and again. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that, it, that the skill there is to question, but in a healthy way, because yeah. so often, you know, relationships. Let's face it, we all are our vulnerable and our worst side of ourselves with our partners. Mm. You know, let, anyone who says they're not the lion, you know, if you mm. are, if it's going to happen, if 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 your true self, the, the your dark side, your shadow, whatever you want to call it, is going to come out, mm. it'll come out with your partner, mm. um, because. Yeah, just because of the depth of the partner. I always think it replaces your siblings at home. So, uh, you know, when you, when we were younger, it's, uh, when we were in our families when we were kids, 
how you behave with your siblings, you would never behave with like that with your friends. Mm. So <laughs> you, you say things, you strop, you bang the door, all the things that you wouldn't want your friends to say. Mm. And I always think we always need somebody that we can just be that person with. So as we grow up, you move away from your family home where your brothers and sisters and your parents are and you and your mate a partner. And that's the person that you'll do that kind of... Mm. If, if it's not going well, it's all going to come out, isn't it? And, mm. and that's how it should mm. be. Yeah. But sometimes that can cause the greatest problem because mm. we are being... You know, like I say, some of the things that I hear people say to their partners, they wouldn't dream. You wouldn't have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have no friends left if you said some of the things that you say. You know, you might wish mm. you hadn't said them. Mm. Um, but that insecure feeling of the person that you love, you know, they say, don't they, that... You're going to feel vulnerable, aren't you, because of yeah. you've put all your heart into them. And mm. That in itself has a challenge. Yeah, and that's okay if you feel the security of being with the other person. You know, that you can be vulnerable and be open and feel that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we talked before we came on then about little funny things that start to annoy us about partners and wives and girlfriends and husbands and all that. Like, So when... Little things that we do, like the way we eat our food, can start to grate on people sometimes. <laughs> and, that, and that can be the, the, the catalyst for like, that's it, I can't do it anymore. How do we stop those little things annoying us? I think you, it's not a case of you stop them annoying you. You have to look at what, what is it telling you mm-hmm. about what's going on. That always makes me laugh that. Like when a child's young, you feed it, and then you spend your whole time getting it to burp and fart. And every time it does it, you go, yeah, well done, amazing. Until they get to a certain age and then you tell them they're disgusting for doing it. Yeah. It's a very hard That's so satisfying when you get a good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're winding a baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the best feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and now, yeah, my lads, my lads are at that age where they're, yeah. Oh, that's disgusting, William. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing what you told me to do when I was Put a baby. Put your hand over your mouth. <laughs> you made me do it when I was yeah. a baby. Yeah. <laughs> But I think relationships can be like that. They're kind of because, in a sense, we groom each other without realizing it, and then we groom each other, and then we don't like the grooming. You know, mm-hmm. why are you like that? Well, that's because you wanted me to be like that. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that whole area that you're talking about, which is the whole kind of awareness and waking up to self within the relationship, I think has so. got to be the answer. To that. I, th- I think things like um, coming back to what you said Ed about you know let's use eating habits as the as the example but of other loads but you know people do things and after a while mm. um, always start at the beginning you would never you know all's gorgeous roast into glasses you wouldn't dream of fine and then obviously as time goes on years go on things might start to bug you but for me it's about finding out what's going on inside self why it suddenly started to bug you because it'll be a layered thing it'll be something that you're not doing but now your attention is on them and their eating habits or their the fact they haven't put the socks in the whatever you know laundry bin or whatever yeah it but why there's something that you can do for yourself that that will make that almost you less focused on them and more back on Mm. you and Mm. i think that's i don't feel i'm saying that very well but i think that's where you there is a lot of room for change for self mm. because mm. people will do things that are annoying but but you can lessen the annoyance if you make sure you're looking after yourself and okay. find mm. find your inner strength or inner quiet maybe you know mm. maybe people you know again 
the more flustered you feel in life, the more stressed you feel, the more these things will start to annoy you because it's like the, the volume's gone up. Yeah, and, and for me it's like that thing that you can observe it and at that point you observe it and let it go and go on with something else or do you feed it? And then once you start feeding, what you're observing gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Exactly. Mm. You know, and so you're, you're laying the table and you're thinking, I know what they're going to sound like when they're eating. <laughs> Or maybe cooking something that that lessens the impact. Maybe there's something that you can Lock cook. your toffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's about taking responsibility for self, isn't it? You know, if if you feel so again, the eating is is an example that a lot of people do talk about. I've, I've had clients who've literally said, "I cannot stand my husband anymore," <laughs> and I can't stand the fact he's eating. But he's always at like that. But there's something's changed, so there's a there's a le- there's a depth of, of relationship that's changed. But actually taking responsibility for self, you know, if if it's really starting to bug you, rather than sit there seething and ruin the meal, just get up for a few minutes, get a glass of water, change up how, how you're focused, and come back to the table. It, it does work. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you've fallen out of love with the person, then that's a whole different yeah. thing. But actually, take responsibility instead of again dumping the blame on the other person. Take responsibility. Do something. This is what this client of mine. I said to her, what could you do at the table? She was supposed to get up. Okay. Get up. Go and do it. Take yeah. action. Take responsibility. Instead of sitting there seething and blaming. It's a bit like, you know, the other cliche one is snoring, isn't it? You know, snoring is only a problem for the person listening. But the problem is the person that snores never hears it. Exactly. So <laughs> I like those hearing those stories of relationships that reach that comfortable level where they're like, they might not be necessarily in separate rooms yet sleeping, but they, they might have thought about that and they're, and they're comfortable doing that. Yeah. And um, or they, maybe they've got single beds now. You know, sometimes you hear about older couples that have, they have single beds now just because they want a good night's sleep. Yeah. And I think that's awesome if you're comfortable doing that and there's not the other one's not kind of uh, uh, resents it. And I've got my friend, I, my parents have got friends that they meet for a meal every few months when they're allowed to and all that. Um, and they're in a relationship, both having, I think, lost... Uh, wives and wife and a husband and they're in their kind of another relationship now but they don't live together and they don't actually live within 50 miles of each other they just meet up every weekend or every two weeks or whatever nice. and they have this really really solid relationship but th- that, de- that development of singletons as they're known is, is quite huge there is are it? a lot of people now who live on their own who want to have a committed relationship but they want their own space mm. and i think mm. something else that's that feels to me is coming through with that example is that they are okay with themselves yeah that's the goal to have a healthy relationship having a good relationship with yourself and feeling like so they're obviously quite secure in themselves because they can live apart and haven't got that desperate thing of god i can't possibly not see them i can't Mm. live they're okay with themselves and then they come together as two people and have a lovely time yeah. And then they go back and have their own lives. And that almost, whether you're choosing to live together or not, that is the ultimate goal, mm. is to just be okay and not feel worried that you're going to upset the other person or be upset by the other person constantly. I mean, remembering, mm. you know, we are going to be a little bit upset because that's life, yeah. isn't it? You know, like we will upset each other one way or the other. But I think there, that example just demonstrates what mm. we're aiming for here, is for individuals to come together because they are whole, and they make then a whole together, mm. rather than this idea that people will fix. You know, the amount of people I've worked with, and you know, I'll put my hand up and say I was probably these this person many years ago, is where a relationship was going to fix me, complete me. Mm. You know, yeah. if I had a 
a nice boyfriend, I, I would be great. Well, if I wasn't great before the boyfriend came along, it ain't going to work. Mm. And I think it's getting that um, that message through to people that the, yeah. the key to a successful relationship, yes, there's lots of things um, around values and respect and things like that, but the key critical part for me in my experience is being mm. with self when you are okay in your own skin. Yeah. And, you, and then you can bounce off each other in a positive yeah. way. Earlier on, you were talking about um, people doing exercises. So what kind of exercises? Are they written exercises, acting exercises? What, what are you kind of suggesting people doing? Yeah, so throughout the book, a bit like the first one, there are a series of exercises that people can go on. So again, it's a place to pause. Mm. It's a place for them to think about what they've just read and then how it resonates for themselves. Mm. So it does help you stop and really think about what's going on in the topic that mm-hmm. we're discussing. So... And it might be something around the drama. It might be something about go and be honest with yourself and say, you know, are you the persecutor of of, this, of your partner or are you feeling like you're the rescuer? Are you, mm. you the one that's running around trying to keep the whole thing going? Mm. So it's just a place to pause and think about what's going on for them. Mm. Make sure you're not holding on to old stories from old relationships, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's that they can literally stop to write. You can write in the book. So mm-hmm. there's space within the book. Oh, that's good. Or yeah. you can, obviously, some people yeah, don't can... like writing in the book. Yeah. They like to keep the book nice and then they mm-hmm. make notes themselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, some people don't want to write in the book in case someone else picks it up and reads it. <laughs> yeah, or they lend well, it to a, a mate, yeah, and like, yeah. whoa. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I suppose it depends. Yeah. People have, have, re- have reports of people doing both. So mm. some people have kept it as yeah. real uh, private and then others, like you say, write it elsewhere and then they can share it, which mm. obviously I'm a... You know, a big fan of people passing passing books on. Mm-hmm. So how, how do people get hold of the book? What's the easiest way? Well, um, I have worked really hard at trying to get it into bookshops, certainly locally. Great. Because when I did launch the first one particularly, we were in lockdown, so there was no bookshops open. So it was online on Amazon. Um, so I have got it in um about six local bookshops, certainly across Merseyside, which is great. Mm. I can is Lingham's one of them? In Lingham's Hesel. is one of them. Mm. Okay, I'm going to Heswell tomorrow morning, actually. Oh. Thursday morning. What day is it today? Mm. It's Tuesday. It says. Thursday, I'm great. Thursday. All right, I'll pop in. Yeah, yeah nice So one. Lingham's, they've mm. got it. Um, there's a little coffee shop, a uh, sort of well-being coffee shop in Oxton called Host. Mm. There is also a, a spa and beauty place in um, Bevington called Healing Kind. <laughs> Um, there is a bookshop in Liverpool, two bookshops in Liverpool, one in Bowl Street called No, No, hmm, No News, mm. No Good, mm, gosh, something, like something. sorry, <laughs> Bowl Street, bookshop on Bowl Street, really cool bookshop actually, and another one called um, The Right Blend in um, Crosby, and it was really important to me to, A, to support that them, because obviously, you know, they, mm. they, they're part of the process. Yeah. Um, I've obviously got copies, so I, you know, I do, mm. I do sell them myself if I'm, if I'm around or if people, you know, want to contact me directly. And are you doing the Amazon as well this time? I am doing the Amazon. I mean, yeah. it is on Amazon. I think you, yeah. you can't get away from the fact that yeah. Amazon do provide a service. Yeah. Um, and as an author, if you're not on Amazon, it, you, you kind of people would think it. Unfortunately, mm. there isn't a replacement yet. Mm. Um, there are some great um, online book um, stores called, there's one called The Book, um, 
the bookshop org which I'm just in the process of getting on there that means that if you buy the book off there it links it to a local bookshop uh, right. so you can link it so they get the the bit the extra bit instead of Amazon mm-hmm. um, and there's also one called hive.co.uk which is the same idea Brilliant. so again it's it's an online version of a bookshop mm-hmm. that isn't Amazon but you know Amazon there's lots of reviews. I mean, certainly for my first book, there's 60 odd reviews on there, mm-hmm. which you know are important for people to be able to read. Mm-hmm. Don't know a lot of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. My, so yeah, yeah so lots of different audience, places, um, and both books are available as eBooks as well. So Coming if people around. don't want to physically buy the book, they can get it on eBook. Yeah. And yeah. I guess uh, yeah. Before we wrap up, have you got? Is is it going to be a trilogy? Have you got book three in mind yet, or is that too much of a? Is it too soon? <laughs> it's funny you say that because now I can't believe I'm saying this because obviously I never thought I'd finish one never mind have two but actually for me if I look at what I do in, in my business I work with individuals a lot of the time I do work with lots of people around relationships so sometimes I work with couples but mainly just people relationships are everything work home life etc so my third thing that I do most of is team stuff, is management mm. and team stuff. So if there was to be a third, it absolutely would be the other side of what I, what I spend most of my time doing, which is around your relationship in terms of teams, works, manager, management, mm. your relationship with your manager, the manager with your colleague. So mm. we'll see. Exciting. I've learnt a lot, so it's not going to be anywhere near as horrific as, well, that's the wrong word. <laughs> challenging. Challenging that's is the, the first one. one, so maybe we'll see, but yeah. All right, well, thanks for coming on. We'll have you back, I'm sure, at some point. That'd be brilliant, thank uh, you. Appreciate you coming down. Good to speak to you both. Yeah, and the resource for this week has to be the book. Right. <laughs> path travel book too, yeah. Yeah, we'll link to all the stuff, all Alan's, yeah. uh, Alison's uh, social, you know, social media on you. Social, Instagram, yeah, and all that Instagram, stuff. Mm. yeah, all that. I'll put you in there. Yeah, you sure? yeah. you happy, Sean? Yeah, I'm always happy. I'm even more happy today because we met face to face. Face to face, and we had nice biscuits and a really nice cup of coffee. That was a good <laughs> cappuccino, actually, I must say. Have you got a special a frother, frother thing? Yeah. I need, I need to perfect my milk frothing. Yeah, no, that, that does milk to me. Just right. Mm. Nice. Very thank good. you. All right, thanks, Alison. Brilliant, thank you. See you, bro. Bye. Bye.